are going through, everyone uses unprecedented <laughs> lately, but, but we are, it's an unprecedented just level of change. And so the communities, the careers, the experience that these teens will be stepping into as they grow older will be completely different than what we understand today. They'll be tackling problems we haven't even thought about using technology that doesn't even exist. And so I think it's the absolute right thing to do to say, we're looking to you. Welcome to the... (laughs) No, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, How about this? (laughs) No, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. You ever just put something out into the universe to see what will happen? Well, that's just how I came to meet Alex, the founder of Gay Finder. A little while back, I shared an idea on LinkedIn that I had about starting a summer camp for kids that, instead of focusing on a sport or some other activity, expose kids to nonprofits. Maybe they'd get a chance to help a different nonprofit each day. I didn't really have the idea formed, but I knew I wanted to build empathy in my children and thought that could be an interesting idea. Almost as soon as I posted it, Alex reached out and said that she had essentially started an organization to do just that. Listen in to hear her story and the amazing progress she's making with Yayfinder. Okay, I am here today with my friend Alex, who is doing something um, that I I wish I was doing, and we'll get to (laughs) that. So Alex, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Oh, thank you. So my name is Alex Trehobitzer, and I'm the founder of Yayfinder, and we are an after-school experience for teens where we really empower them to tackle different issues through a a holistic understanding of of various challenges, social challenges, meeting with different uh, leaders that are doing that work today, uh, and and envisioning a new future for themselves and and really for all of us. What would the world look like if we could make some of these big changes that that teams can imagine. Uh, um, and so we're really excited. Um, what's so exciting for me about that is I think the way that we got connected was I, I think I posted something about, I, I at least this is my memory of it. Cause I've had this dream that like, as, as my, kids go to summer, <laughs> my kids go to summer camp, it's like, gosh, I'd love for them to go for like a week, but to work with like different nonprofits throughout that week. And it's this organization that curates these opportunities for them. And they learn about, uh, you know, about homelessness one day and about something else the next day. And that would be so much better than, you know, soccer camp or whatever. And then I think you reached out to me and said, Hey man, I'm kind of doing that. Yes. So, (laughs) so uh, that's exactly what happened. You posted it on LinkedIn and I said, let's talk. And so uh, we spoke, Oh, 
right before, I think it was right before all that, you know, everything was locked down. Um, and I was just in the really early stages at that point. Since then, I've launched a teen writing challenge, which was really incredible uh, to actually have happen shortly after lockdown because uh, all these teens submitted writing and we didn't put a lot of uh, parameters around it. We just said, just share what you think, just just write. Uh, and uh, teamed up with Decatur Book Festival, Brave and Kind Books, and uh, about seven different uh, YA authors, most of them actually local to Atlanta, who were like, yeah, I want to I wanna talk to teens about how they can express themselves, tell their story. Um, and the stories that I got back from these teens were incredible. It was these stories of isolation, post-apocalyptic futures. I mean, it's you could really read that they're working through the current environment you know, that, that we're in. And then we also had um, one of our reviewers that was uh, reviewing all the submissions. Uh, she worked in publishing and she said, you know, I also want to make sure that I, you know, can meet with the finalists and the winner to sort of talk through what does this future look like in terms of, you know, if they want to be writers, if they want to go into publishing and help other writers, you know, we want to make sure we share what that path forward looks like. And I actually received an email after unprompted from a 17 year old where he said, you know, this completely changed the path he could see for himself in the future. Where I think unprompted from a 17-year-old, I was <laughs> really shocked. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> and so, and then I've, you know, received some emails from parents too, um, as well. And so always knew that I was going to, you know, focus more on these sort of social impact issues. And so the one that's live now, not to get too ahead of ourselves, Jeff, <laughs> but is around um, designing a plastic-free future. And, and so, you know, what, what does that look like? And, um, so, and that's, um, that's how we got, um, or at least when we connected most recently was around that plastic free mm -hmm. future and that program. But just so mm -hmm. I make sure I understand the idea is to give young people the opportunity to be a part of, uh, social change, be a part of environmental change, be a part of you know, getting involved in these yes. causes at a young age, right? Yes. And and so it's really a holistic understanding of these causes. And the other thing that we're doing that's different, you know, to your point, what we talked about earlier, was it's also bringing, we're also bringing in people that are doing this work today. So, for example, the Plastic Free uh, Future Challenge, we have uh, the leader of the global movement, Plastic Free July, she'll be talking to the teens. And I mean, that's become a 250 million person global movement. And, you know, she was, you know, started off a, you know, this sounds funny to say a regular person, but a regular person, you know, she just on her own with friends years ago said, why don't we start taking steps to uh, eliminate plastic waste? And it just grew and grew and grew. And now it's been 250 million people around the world. And so letting teens know that, that you know, to really inspire them and give them that spark of, you can also start a global movement. You can do these incredible things. Um, and then we also have a filmmaker who created the story of plastic, where uh, it really, she really talks about plastic and how it impacts people around the world. And so really developing that kind of empathy around, it's not just our plastic waste here, you know, that we see in the US, but we're shipping our plastic waste to people all around the world that are suffering. And so, so that holistic understanding, but also that sense that, hey, I could be a filmmaker and I could change, you know, people's minds around the world. I could really create change. And there's all these paths 
I'll also call out, we have someone um, from Cox, from their sustainability group, who's going to be talking to the teens as well, because, you know, at, at the point you want to make a change, you know, from a corporate perspective around plastic, well, how do you do that at scale? And so, um, so they'll be providing all of these different inputs in terms of, of how to think about this problem around plastic and how people are thinking about solving it today. But then we'll be doing a lot of exercises, design thinking exercises, to really envision what this could look like, you know, tomorrow, which could be completely different than anything right. we're thinking about today, which is exciting. Yeah, well, that and what's what's also so special about what you're doing is, um, I don't know if we've talked about this, but my four company is called Dragon Army. And the name Dragon Army came from the book Ender's Game. Oh. And the book is it's a science fiction book. Um, but the premise is that, you know, our world is uh, being invaded by an alien force. And so there's this big war happening. And the Earth decides that um, the only way we're going to outsmart the enemy is to have children become our leaders because they're more creative and can come up mm. with better solutions and better strategies. And so you know, this idea that, you know, sort of kids will lead us is inherent in, in sort of part of my belief system, but certainly in Dragon Army's uh, beginnings. And so I love the idea that not only are the kids being exposed to this, and so maybe empathy is building, and they're more aware, and not only is it giving them through your program, potential jobs that they might take on, but also, man, they might come up with solutions that we adults never would have come up with. Yes, I wholeheartedly believe that. Because, you know, we are going through, uh, everyone uses unprecedented <laughs> lately, but, but we are, it's an unprecedented just level of change. And so the, the um, communities, the careers, the experience that these teens will be stepping into as they grow older will be completely different than what we understand today. You know, they'll be tackling problems we haven't even thought about using technology that doesn't even exist. And so I think it's the absolute right thing to do to say, we're looking to you. <laughs> we're looking to you to really help us to think, you know, everyone's just thinking outside the box, but to think differently, think creatively, and really know that you can be empowered, even at this age, to make huge change. And, and I also say, I think this generation uh, is already so passionate about these social issues. I think in a way that seems different than than a number of other generations. I'll even say my I'm in my 40s. I would say <laughs> even different than, you know, definitely than than when I was growing up. I mean they're they're already leading protests with thousands of people um and, and really fighting for what they believe in. It's it really is inspirational. Um and so I'm I'm excited to just team up with them and then try and get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I hear you and and I am also in my 40s and and yeah, I mean it's completely different world teenagers today versus when when we were teens. However, when I was a teen, my father had his own company and that's where I got my entrepreneurial bent and so that's why I've created companies. Well, here you are and you've created mm -hmm. this organization and mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting that you talked about the the person that created the 250 million person movement around plastics. You've you're you know, but it just started you just started it. It's very similar mm -hmm. to you. You just decided that there was something that needed to exist and you created it. Where did you get that spirit from? So actually both of my parents own their own businesses, oh. small businesses too. So yes, but, um, you know, growing up, they worked so hard. They love owning their own businesses. My dad always said never work for anyone else. But, uh, to be honest, I grew up feeling like, no, I just want to work for some corporation. <laughs> I just said, yeah. I felt like you're, you know, you never turn it off, which if you're doing something you're really passionate about, 
um, you know, as I've come to realize is it's, it's been amazing. You know, you, you know, you have to work on this kind of balance with your family, but you don't feel like it's work. Um, but yeah, growing up, I thought, Oh, come on, <laughs> I just want to work at some big corporation and, and, you know, not have to uh, think about all of the you know details of my business. But, but yeah, definitely from them. And they've been incredibly encouraging, which is wonderful. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, um, I guess like you, um, I didn't grow up thinking I would start a business. Um, I, I, maybe I wasn't exactly on the same page of definitely not going to the way it sounds like maybe you were, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, because that was an option, like I was shown that it was an option. And I think that's another interesting thing um, for the kids that go through your program. So not only do they get a chance to speak to some, you know, some great leaders that you bring in, but they're also seeing you and you created this this organization. And I think it's, I just think it's important that we, as much as possible, take those limits off and, and say, you can, you know, build your own future. You can, you know, create something or you can work for a big corporation and create change there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, one of the other things that, um, you know, that's, that's really incredible. I, uh, I wish I could remember the name of this survey, but there was a significant survey done in the last year or two where they were, um, something like over a thousand teens were asked, what do you want to be? You know, what, what career do you want to follow? And it was mostly the same careers that have been around for, you know, a hundred years. It was like doctors, lawyers. And it's because, you know, it's hard to imagine what you have no kind of pathway to see. And in school, what, you know, what do we normally, you know, talk about as, as the careers, it's the safe careers it's the careers that have been around forever, but unfortunately, those are the same careers that may not exist in the future. You know, so you know, with AI and, and and all the other technologies, it's just they're no longer even the safe careers aren't even safe anymore. So it's really about building those those skills around creative problem solving, collaboration, feeling empowered to make change, uh, and then also really being able to see uh, just just the the myriad opportunities around you. And I think the other thing that's really important is also seeing people that look like you doing that work. And, um, and so as with the team writing challenge, the plastic free future challenge, uh, I also think it's really important to have a really great diverse group of people that are talking to the team. So, so anyone could say, you know, I, I could be that person uh, and really see that for themselves in the future as well. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how many kids have you had through the program so far? So, um, the team writing challenge, we had a little over a hundred, um, across seven States, which was uh, really exciting. The plastic free future challenge. We're not starting that until next week. Okay. Uh, and we still have some spots available. <laughs> so, you know, so people want to sign up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And, and, you know, the other thing too, that I'll definitely be, um, playing around with is, you know, right now it's an after school experience and with everything going on with uh, virtual schools, you know, a question is, does it stay after school? Does it move to weekends? Um, so still determining some of those sort of finer points, but, um, but already planning some future challenges too. I'm already talking to people about a food activism challenge all around um, access to food, understanding our food supply chain. Um, so, so it's, you know, I'm already planning the next one. <laughs> yeah, that's to your point. It's like you can't turn it off once you've started mm-hmm. 
like this that you're passionate about. Yes. Um, yeah. Give me an example of what some of the things that, that the kids might do during the Plastic Free Future Challenge. So um, one of the things that they'll be doing is taking some plastic inventory in their own home. So mm-hmm. you know, this sense of, well, how much plastic waste do I have? I actually, just even myself as I was planning this, hadn't really thought about how much plastic is in my house until I, you know, took the time to sort of do this inventory. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I have a, I have opportunities here as well. Um, but then we'll be going through some design thinking exercises where we're really imagining what are all of the, what are all the jobs to be done with the plastic today? And how can we tackle those jobs differently? Uh, and some of it could just be replacements. So instead of plastic, can use another material. But some of it could be um, just thinking about that completely differently. Um, how do we, um, I'll just give you an example I just thought of, but you know, uh, uh, tubes for, for uh, toothpaste, you know. Um, maybe there's a whole other way to dispense toothpaste differently, who knows, you know. So, uh, so we'll be going through some exercises to really generate a lot of ideas. And then the other piece of the challenge I haven't talked about yet is also around storytelling. So we have a couple people that will be talking to the teens about um, how do you create a compelling story that you can use to influence others to really get them excited about your idea. So the output of this challenge is actually a short video. Um, So we'll be going through some of those exercises too, where we'll be working with them to create a short video that then they'll post and uh, hopefully get other people excited around um, their ideas and their solution. Yeah, that's so cool. And it's all all virtual right yes, now? Yes, all virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured as much. Has that made it easier or harder or not sure yet? Uh, you know, in some ways I think it's easier in that uh, we even had people from Canada reach out and you know ask if they oh. could be involved. And I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, you know, obviously that never would have happened. Um, The challenge around the virtual is really just that, um, you know, teens right now, anyone who's in school virtually, you know, by the end of the day, kind of feel like, do I want to be in front of the computer again? So we'll be doing a lot of fun activities that aren't just sitting in front of the computer. But that's been something that I would say has been a challenge is people feeling like, I I don't know if I want to sign up for that just yet. I, I have all this fatigue just from school. Yeah, no, that's good because because I've got um, a whole bunch of children here, yeah. <laughs> <in my> house. <laughs> and and I think that is interesting um, right now uh, in terms of just this you know fatigue when it comes to video and screens, but at the same time, you know, some of the stuff you talked about could be outdoors or could be getting them out and around or even moving around the house like that. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, exploring the house mm-hmm. and stuff, just movement there, but. Um, I love the idea that you could reach other people. It's interesting because um, one of the nonprofits that I run um, is an event-based uh, one, and we've always been landlocked to where we could put on an event. And, mm-hmm. and now that COVID has happened, to your point, we've got people participating from Canada. Normally, I would have had to find a venue in Canada to have them participate. Now, they can do it virtually. So yeah. it is a testament to you know being able to to adapt and be flexible, which is really required for a business to to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you know maybe you'll find that there's always a hybrid that that you do always have remote opportunities, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually also spoke with someone from um, Captain Planet Foundation um, about this challenge, and and they were saying how they 
um, had an event where they would fly people out, and it was a lot of teams um, to work to talk about, or, you know, um, organizing and and activism around the environment. Um, and I I do definitely think that there's a place for both. And you know, I'm not sure what that will look like or when, <laughs> but but I definitely think there's a place to collaborate in person. Um, but yeah, the virtual just the the scale of it is, um, is, is amazing. And, and the, also the ability to then collaborate with people that are completely different. So, you know, even in Atlanta, you know, when we think about all the different types of backgrounds um, of people in the diverse environment of Atlanta, you know, if I was to pick a spot where I was going to have everyone meet together and be making most likely a decision around the type of student, the type of team that would feel like this, this is easily accessible. And so I really feel like having this virtually means that I can bring in a lot more diverse voices um, to the table. So I also think that's really important. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, tell me, tell me what, do you have a long-term vision? Do you have like a big dream that like, if I can get it to this point? <laughs> yeah. So actually what, what I would love to, to get to at some point is I would love to have different organizations reaching out to me and saying, you know, I want to have a challenge around animal rights and veganism. I want to have a challenge around, um, uh, you know, um, fast fashion or, you know, any of these things. And, and to move away from really, uh, you know, me sort of coming up with what are these challenges, you know, of course, with feedback from teams, um, but to be able to have a lot more at once and, and have these experts sort of start curating them themselves. That's what I would love. <laughs> That's my that. vision. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so my final question for you is, um, how can people most help you today? Certainly to sign up for the plastic free challenge. Mm -hmm. um, but, but beyond that, if, if you had one ask for people listening, what would it be? Uh, okay. I'll go with two asks. <laughs> so, Okay, so one I would say is definitely if there are organizations that want to partner with us, just from a challenge perspective, I would love to, you know, as I'm, you know, planning out these future challenges, would love to be talking to different um, organizations, nonprofit, for profit, um, doesn't matter. Um, and then the other, the other thing is, as as I'm, you know, sort of exploring what is the pricing model, um, you know, likely I'll have to go to some kind of corporate sponsorship model at some point because I don't want to turn anyone away. Um, and so I've committed to that with this, with the Plastic Future Challenge. Anyone can sign up. Um, but, you know, in the future, if there were, you know, some some corporate sponsorships, I think that's probably going to be helpful. Yeah. And it, I, to me, it's such a great, it's really such a great fit for both of those things. So, you know, again, imagine that you're, um, you're running a, a nonprofit that's focused on food insecurity Gosh, the opportunity to have kids be a part, teens to be a part of learning, just learning about the problem would be such a great opportunity. Then, you know, there's maybe some PR and some exposure for that. But then mm -hmm. as a corporation, like one of the things I, I thought is, you know, we're not big enough yet, but, you know, one day when we're a hundred people, a thousand people, what, what awesome thing to be able to go to, you know, your corporation and say, Hey, anyone who's got kids this age, we'd love for you to participate in this week long summer thing. And it focuses on one of our focus areas as a company. Like that's such a great fit. Yes. Yes, definitely. I, so, you know, even as I'm thinking about the food activism um, challenge, you know, I've, I've thought about 
uh, you know, a lot of teams don't really understand how, how food is grown. Uh, and, and, you know, Jamie Oliver actually had a show where he's going to different schools and, and saying, you know, basically asking them these questions and, and teens have sort of no idea where their food came from. Um, and so there's one I thought of even with Home Depot, you know, where, where maybe we think about um, giving people the materials to create some, some raised beds, some plant, you know, some, some boxes and then and some soil. And as part of it, you know, we're actually gardening together. And maybe we're maybe we're taking that and we're and we're creating, um, you know, that access to food in area in areas where they're um, they don't really have ready access to you know fruits or vegetables or herbs or things like that. Um, and so, so I definitely think there is room, you know, for for some kind of corporate partnership. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I I just want to say um, anyone who is creating organizations like this and spending their time helping the world. It's truly impressive to me. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, I know anyone who hears your story and learns about this first probably says, what a great idea. And then second <laughs> is inspired to do more because you're doing more. So I, I just love it. I'll, I'll continue to, to support and, and try to spread the word. And I'm going to try to get some of my, my teens into this plastic uh, challenge. Wonderful. Please do. All right, Alex. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Jeff. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. 